Hello, gentlemen. How are we doing? Good. Okay, good. good. Yeah. Good. For a second, I thought that you guys had fallen asleep for a moment, but I was looking at both of you dead in your eyes, and they were both <laughs> open, so I was very confused on why there was no response. But it, I'm glad you took a long time to figure out you were good. That's awesome. Way to think on it. Um, sometimes people say they're good too quickly. Real quick. Uh, real quick. Yeah. And I don't believe them. Not for one moment. You ain't good unless you got God. Amen. And that's what I want to talk about today. And I'm just kidding. Um, that was it, a great transition. Thank you. That, that was a segue. I wish I could have used it, but I need to kind of introduce you guys a little bit. Uh, I do love a good segue, though. Not to be confused with the bi-wheeled uh, motorized device. No. You know what a segue is, Chris? Yeah. Chris, have you ever ridden a Segway? Uh, I have not. You were a hoverboard kid, though, for sure, right? Um, just vicariously through my brother. Right. Oh, know? yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. younger brother. Though. Did you watch him hurt himself ever? Multiple, multiple times. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that was nice for you in a way. Yeah, yeah, I can admit that. And that's why we brought you in today to talk about that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if, um, if we're going to judge others, you were a Healy kid, right? Like you had the Healy <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, bro. I was okay. This is a true story. I remember asking for Heelys for like around when I was like 10, 11. Mm. I got said Heelys. They were certifiably the like Walmart version though. Yeah. So I got these Heelys and I remember my brother was so smooth on him. He was a little bit older than me. He'd just be cruising through the halls. <laughs> um, he'd be like after class, he'd pull that little chunk out, put the wheel in. Uh, he's knocked in there and then he just starts to roll. And I'm like, I can be like him. And so I get these Heelys and I'm telling you, I tried for like a month and a half to learn how to do Heelys and I could never do it. It was really disappointing. I'm just I'm just convinced that if there's wheels underneath me, I'm I'm worthless. Skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing I'm mo- mediocre at best at is rollerblading, mm-hmm. which I'm so glad that I'm just rambling just, on about this. Uh, but but I'm just I, rollerblading is what I can do. But no heelys, no hoverboard, no, no skateboard. Mm-mm. I was the same way. But I was walking in college one day, and we were down the back hallway, and it was like a hundred yards long. And um, I'm just walking beside this guy, and we were walking through the crowd, kind of weaving in and out. And then all of a sudden, my man just clicked his heels like Dorothy and just started rolling. And I was like. <laughs> he was he off to see the wizard. The Heelys, like at 21 years old, walking through college. That's swag. And that's when, yeah, that's yeah. when I realized that I'm pretty lame. Yeah, you were inferior in that moment. For There's sure. no doubt about it. Um, sure. That is very swaggy. Um, he was off to see the wizard. And so, uh, if you couldn't figure it out by now, uh, we have Chris in the building. We have Pastor Kyle in the building, um, and then I'm I'm me, Devin. Um, and I'm just really excited today to talk to uh, these gentlemen. Because 2022 is coming to an end. Yeah. It is It is yeah. almost basically gone and over with. Christmas is upon us. After Christmas, it will magically be a brand new start to the year. So I wanted to talk about the le- a lesson that God taught us in 2022. A lesson that God taught us. Just something that as we went throughout our year, this kind of kept ringing in our head, or we kept seeing it over and over, or there was one experience that kind of caught our eye. And Hopefully this will be an encouragement. And so um, I would love if, Chris, you want to kind of jump in first. I think it's his first one. He gets to go first. He does. He does. Welcome to the pod, by the the way, dude. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, Well, man, uh, I thank God for 2022. It's been an absolutely insane year. Um, Yeah, I've learned a whole bunch, but I I think there's something that I'm still kind of like – breaking through right now. Mm. I can't say that I've like learned it and I'm like, you know, directly applying it every day. It's something that I'm still just, you know, receiving and, and just breaking through. But um overall and we'll we can get into the details, but mm-hmm. overall it's really um God telling me to step back 
and stop trying to do everything myself, mm. um, especially when it comes to the spiritual things. Like so many different times where I felt like things were up to me um, yeah. and it was up to me to keep up with whatever it is. Like God, was, God has just shown me, especially just like even in today in the last week, like, hey, you need to step back. Like, obviously, I have this. Um, but kind of just go through the year, like starting, you know, around this time last year, like I was kind of felt called in ministry. So we kind of got things together for me to start an internship in this previous January. Um, and right then and there, like I had these thoughts of like, man, I'm unworthy. Like, mm. you know, everything that I'm doing, everything that I kind of like, I'm kind of like struggling with everything that's like for me. I just felt like it, it. Every part of me was just horrible, right? And I just I didn't even feel worthy to be in the in the internship. Um, and I was just so bank. It was it was for me. It was just so evident, and and I just couldn't stop thinking about like me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of just started there. So then I was having like deep insecurities about that first, um, but then it went on to like. Okay, well, I kind of feel called to ministry, so I'm gonna open myself up to part time ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was still thinking about myself, like, okay, I don't want to go into full time ministry because I'm going to school right now for something different, um, and I just don't feel secure. I didn't feel like uh, financially I would be like secure in the future. Um, and there were multiple, you know, um, you know, kind of things that went into that. But um, and then it was a uh, maybe a couple months later, um, then I kind of like opened up to full-time ministry, but I was still kind of like hesitant. Um, kind of still then, hesitant to like fully let go of it. You're saying, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, just throughout that whole time, like just a lot of my life just happened. Um, and I kept thinking of like, what can I do? Like, what, mm. what am I doing? What, what can I do? Um, and then we got to the point where, you know, by God's grace, I was able to accept the position as a student minister at the South campus. Um, and even in that, like in this last semester, uh, when things got rough, I always thought back to me, like, mm. am I, is it, is it me that's doing something wrong? Um, or is it like, you know, is it my efforts that are making, you know, only five kids show up when I know I can have 15? Mm. Um, so it was, a, I had a lot of moments this year where I just thought of like, what is like, what can Chris do? Um, but I've had this like recent, like just idea and understanding of how wrong that is. Um, because I've, I've, I've always thought of like, how can I just bring myself out of these things or what, what can I do to, to make sure I'm good? And that's so wrong on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them, like, I, I kind of talked to you guys about this a little bit where like, I've I found myself having this like incentivized relationship with God where um I'm kind of thinking well if I do this I'll get something out of it or if I if I read my bible today like I'll I'll be good today like I won't mm. have to worry about you know worrying about my temptations or mm. if I use if I use this moment right here to focus on the Lord and praise him in worship time right like I'll be good for the week and and that like this moment will rejuvenate my strength for the week so I won't have to deal with my temptations. And how crazy is that? Because that if anything, I'm a, I'm allowing myself to really take away what God has done. Mm. Um so to kind of just like say it is just God telling me to step back. And 
um, I kind of want to go to Romans 11 because this has really stuck with me yeah. uh, since we've did since we went over it in an MCOM. Uh, Romans 11 um, verses 33 to 36. Uh, Paul is pretty much this is doxology. And he's up to this point, he's pretty much gone through the foundations of, you know, um, just what we really hold on to as believers. And um, at this point, he's at the end of the chapter. And this is him saying, thank you. Like, thank you, God. Like he's he's sending out praises um, to the Lord saying like, OK, I've said pretty much everything at this point. Like I've said pretty much everything, but I still haven't even scratched the surface. He mm-hmm. says, starting in verse 33, it says, oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable are his ways for who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him that he may be repaid for for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be the glory forever. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So um, I think what what I got from this and what I've been able to kind of just continue to read and, and, and kind of just take my time on this is that like in verse 34, I think. When we look at these things, well, I'll go back to verse 33 first, like all the depths, the depths of God, like we, we, we haven't even scratched the surface. We won't even like we, we don't have an idea of how great God is or how filling his glory is. And mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we will be able to um, truly understand what that would look like um, when he comes back. But like just to think about that. Um, but also in verse 34 and 35, um, it says, for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him that he may be repaid? Um, this kind of negates this thought that I've had this whole year. Mm. Like God is God is a first mover. Wow. He doesn't he he's not waiting for me to do whatever it is. Like that's how much he loves me. Right. Like thanks. And, and do I deserve that? Not a chance. Right. But God has taken the time and and really like focused on me, little mm-hmm. old me, little wretched sinful me, um, to be a first mover, especially in my salvation. He didn't wait for me to do works hmm. for, to give me salvation. Yes, He didn't wait for me to go read my Bible to give me salvation. So, like that, how 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 great is that? Mm. And also, I think my thoughts this year have negated that. Um, God is fully self-sufficient. Like he yeah. doesn't need me. Yeah. Right. Like God has full of satiety. He mm-hmm. he has full of satiety. He's too, totally eternal. Which is why so, no one has given him a gift. Exactly. Right. No one can no. be his nobody's counselor. nobody's been his counselor, or you know nobody knows his mind. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So with that, like this year, man, it is. I think God has taken me through a lot, but I think He's also just let me know that, hey, man, you. I got this. Yeah. Um, and, and he's showing me that. Though. Yeah. You know, I think something that I sat here thinking, and, and this is something for mine too, but it's not what I'm going to say. So this will just add on to yours. It's so crazy, but I think, and, and there's definitely danger to what I'm about to say. So viewing it in the proper context though, or the proper way, I think it can be beneficial. And, and that is it's, it might be for some, I'll say for me, it is really easy for me to go. I am poor in spirit. It's really easy to get there. 
but it is really easy to forget of the riches that I have in him. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so I know that I'm wretched. I know that I offer nothing, but I forget what I have access to. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And yeah. so because I forget what I have access to, then as someone that's poor in spirit, I'm going, you know, kind of, and, and we talked about this, you know, a a little bit with even the tithing. I was thing. about to get in that as well. Like mm-hmm. it's like okay, if I can just get to this level, or if I do my devotion, then I have access to this today. Mm-hmm. And if I have access to this today, it's almost like when you were a kid, or at least for me, I had a debit card from a young age because my parents were trying to teach me just finances and things. And so there would be a limit on my card, and my mom would put money in, but I couldn't withdraw anything. And the only amount of money I could have in there is a the limit that she had. And it's almost like we operate that with God that yes. He's He's yes. given us a limit and yes. going, all right, here's what I offer and here's what you have access to. Hopefully you do enough with it. Yes. But the the irony is, is that as heir, co-heirs with Christ, um, we have access to every bit of him. Yeah. Um, but the irony is, is maybe we're not as poor in spirit that we are because our sinful pride goes, yeah. I got to earn, you yeah. know, I got to earn my way back. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's kind of like what you said, you know. I'm going to read my Bible today and it's just going to make life so much better. Like yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've been driving and just gone like I spent time with the Lord today, but I, f- I don't feel like it's enough because all this other stuff's happening. So either did I not spend enough time mm. or like I shouldn't, it shouldn't be like this if I have spent time. Right? Yeah, maybe like, I should have journaled about this first, not this one. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's almost like, it's almost like putting on sunscreen before going outside. Like mm-hmm. I've done this, so this shouldn't have affected me. Yeah. But the problem is, is when we go throughout life and it's not a, or even our days and it's not a continual thing that we're thinking through, it's like yeah. being out in the sun all day, but only putting on sunscreen in the morning, right? That's it's good. not going to last. Like I, I need yeah. more than that. Mm-hmm. And, and so the, the, the thing kind of like what you're saying is, you know, I'm really good at understanding. Like I don't bring anything to the table. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. But I still have that problem of trying to earn what's at the table. That's yes. already kind of been provided yes. to me. Mm. And, yes. and so, yeah, no, that's a, man, that's such a hard thing to, to go through because it's like, what am I responsible for? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then what am I reliant upon? Yep. Yeah. And and sometimes we can get those things completely backwards. Completely backwards. And I think yeah. that's where I found myself a lot this year mm. having that completely backwards. Because, like, imagine trying to obtain something you already have. Yeah. Like, a complete waste. <laughs> like, it's, it's already there. Yeah, it's but, yours. Um, and I think God just has me in this, in this time, in this time period, like, just to really rely on him. To yeah. really rely on him, um, so I've I've just been trying to take my time with it, and um, yeah. yeah, and it reminds me of when we talked about the tithes and the offerings, because um, it's a very good it's a very good symbol, if you will, of this exact spiritual condition we're discussing. Um, God is saying, "Hey, I want you to give to me. Right. I want you to give of yourself, sacrifice for my glory, worshipfully, yeah. worshipfully, mm-hmm. cheerfully." And then you go, "Oh, well, it's because God needs my money, right?" And he's like, no, 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 not a bit, actually. In in fact, you can't give me anything that I don't already have. And anything that you have, I've already given to you, you see. And so then we we look at that and we're like, okay, well, then what's the function? What is the function of this offering? And now I'll make it a bigger um, Mm. macrocosm of our life. Um, What is the function of our worship in general? 
The function of our worship is so that we can enjoy the blessings that God has already bestowed upon us in his son. Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm going out and getting more blessings by the work that I'm doing. And Chris, Or I I haven't unlocked these blessings over here that he's withheld from me until (laughs) until I've done these things. The fullness of God has been shown to us in Christ Jesus, and and we are in Christ. We are in him, and he is actually in us as well. And so, Chris— you said something that was interesting, and, and you kind of repeated it a couple times. And I just want to know. And you talked about um, I need to step back, and I was trying to do all this work. Would you say that the work that you were trying to do was to secure your own um, desires, or to secure your own safety um, and and end that you wanted? Because I think we're supposed to work, right? That we would agree here, all in the room. Yeah, we're supposed to work. Require yeah. work. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the uh, in Hebrews it says to labor. Um, strive to enter the rest, right? Um, so, so kind of talk me through what yeah. that distinction looks like in your life, and how you know a difference when you're working for the glory of God and when you're working just for yourself. Mm. Well, I think there's a big difference when, um, when I'm like doing things or working in in, in that sense, where I'm I'm looking for something in return, mm. um, like oh my goodness, man, I'm I'm going to read ten pages of my Bible today. And I want to be able to just receive a blessing right? or um, have an opportunity to talk about it to somebody mm. like when when we're when I'm looking for something in return for that, that's when I see that it's just, I'm, I'm in the wrong place. Right. Um, because I'm I've been in first uh, Peter chapter two and it talks about longing for the pure spiritual milk um, so we can grow up into our salvation. Yeah. Um, so I think the difference on that is when I'm longing for uh, that spiritual milk to help me gr- grow up into my salvation. Um, so I think like and that's so crazy because I was thinking there this earlier today. That's there's the disconnect. Mm-hmm. Right there. So many people are like, man, I'm just spiritually dry or I'm I'm just in a place where I don't know what to do and I'm reading my Bible and I'm not getting anything out of it. And it's reading to yeah. get something out of exactly. it. Exactly. To make ourselves feel better. Like Paul Washer mm-hmm. um, said he had a student come up and was like, I'm going to do my devotionals, but I haven't gotten anything out of it. And he's like, well, then stop making yourself an idol because mm. mm-hmm. he was like, you know, you're, yes. you're looking Dang to it, appease Pastor you. Yeah, you're looking to appease <laughs> you. Do it because you long for the Lord, right? Exactly. And, and so that's the thing. So many times people, it's like, I feel spiritually dry and I open my Bible and I get nothing out of it. And it's like, okay, so the problem is that you're not reading enough, which again, spiritual disciplines are a major factor, right? We, we can't yeah. downplay them at all that we need to be seeking the Lord through the yeah. different disciplines that he's given us or the different avenues that he's given us. But at the same time, if you're reading your Bible and you're not getting anything out of it and you're just just like, man, what do I got to do to earn this? Then it's like, okay, so what are you longing for? Right. Exactly. And if you're not longing for him, you're not going to get anything out of it. And That's so then so good. you need to sit back and go, okay, God, help me long for you because right exactly. now I don't. It would be the equivalent of going into a candy store and expecting to come out with lettuce, um, to go to the yep. Bible <laughs> and expect to get anything except for God. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. so – so we can't go up to the word and say, okay, do my bidding. We have to go to the word and say, I'm, I'm here to do your bidding. Yeah. I'm here to do whatever you tell me to do. Move me, change me, transform me, renew my mind. This isn't Aladdin, right? It's right, not rub right. the lamp, give what you want. No, it's like, 
rub the lamp and do do as it says. Like it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the reverse yeah. of a lamp. It is. Actually. It is. But but so yeah, it's 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 not a genie. It's not somebody like that. So like, I'm going to transition to Devin really quick. Yeah. What is something that you've learned this year? And then maybe, you know, like we did with Chris, like um, we can kind of add to yeah. how we've kind of peel back the onions. Thing. Yeah, just kind of just kind of quickly um, had a had a year that was um, a little bit different than Chris's in the sense that for Chris, um, Chris has had a year of, I would say, in a lot of ways, um, promotion into ministry, um, which has been amazing to get to watch firsthand. And God has moved um, in amazing ways through him. For me, um, my my last year has in many ways um, been a an absence of ministry where there used to be so much ministry where it used to be that was it that was all I focused on and so I haven't I haven't done any lately and so I've I've kind of had to live the life of a of an ordinary secular Christian and um it started off with a little bit of of quite frankly personal personal um immaturity and mistakes and um in that time where I felt like I was so down in the dumps where I had missed it so badly um, there was this one phrase that just kept running through my head, and it's it's been such a sweet uh, relief to my soul um, throughout this whole year. And that is that um, when when they wanted to to mock Jesus and when they wanted to to slander him, the 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 name that they called him was the friend of sinners. Um, and so I, the the thing I pulled away the most in 2022 is that Jesus is the friend of sinners. Mm-hmm. And um, now that is really really good news. And it also has really serious implications um, where we can go off on the wrong direction if we're not careful. And so I want to address that um, in a second. But but here's why it's really, really good news, because we are all sinners. Um, In fact... We, uh, by our actions and by our thoughts and our deeds, we we spit on the holiness of God yeah. by what we do. Um, a God who is so loving, so gracious. We talk about no one can give him anything. He gives everything. He's right. he was gracious enough to save you. He's gracious enough gracious enough daily to provide for you. And yet, in your sin, you say, "I'd rather have this than I'd rather have God." Right. And then Jesus steps on the scene. And he starts hanging out with prostitutes. He starts hanging out with tax collectors. He starts hanging out with the rabble of the world, the scum, the drug lords, the ones that no one wants to be around. And the and the the religious quote unquote people of the day come up to him, and and they're they're upset, they're frustrated. This is not who you're supposed to be if you're going to be our Messiah. And and I think the perfect illustration for how this plays out as the friend of sinners is in is in the story of Zacchaeus in Luke 19. Zacchaeus, a wee little man, he was uh, vertically challenged. I can relate sometimes. Mm. I'm only six foot on a good day. Um, <laughs> I, I am not actually six foot. So if anyone, not if I all. ever tell you I am, um, I'm lying Chris to you. Didn't have to do you like that. What'd he you say? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> not even in the slightest. <laughs> like you can put on any pair of shoes you want, bro, bro, and it's just not there. Mm. Um, and so, so uh, Jesus enters Jericho and he is passing through. And then it says, behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. Now, I think sometimes we can read this story and think that that um, Jesus was walking through and Zacchaeus was like, oh, yes, finally, the one who's coming to save my soul. I don't, I don't think that was the case. Zacchaeus was cool. He was probably taken care of in many ways. He probably had the biggest house on the block. He probably had many girlfriends. He probably was was content at this point because he had just cheated everybody out. And he was he was probably so deeply entrenched in his way of life that he didn't really want to change. And yet he goes up into this tree just to see who this Jesus is. He wanted to know who who's this guy, but he couldn't he couldn't see because of the crowd. And he wasn't big, so he get up he gets up in a tree. And when Jesus comes to the place, he looks up. So he gets right underneath Zacchaeus's tree. And he says, Zacchaeus. Hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. 
So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. You think about how Zacchaeus probably was walking with Jesus on the way back to his house, probably like arm around the shoulder, having to reach way up. I don't know. Jesus probably wasn't that tall either, but Jesus was a short king. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> uh, but but he receives him joyfully. And, and when they saw it, they all grumbled, right? So the response was a grumbling. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, behold, Lord. Um, so, so notice there, he says to the Lord at this dinner party. So Zacchaeus, by the time he is, he has been with Jesus now for maybe an hour, two hours. We don't know how long. By that point, what is he calling him? He's calling him Lord. Mm-hmm. He's calling him, Hey, you're, you're actually my, you're my king. You're my master. You are my, um, Adonai. Like that's who you are. Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. That would have been a slap to the face of the, the to the Jews who would have said that this man who betrayed the Jewish people was no longer a friend of Israel. There's no way he's a son of Abraham. And Jesus says, He's a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Um, that's been a sweet encouragement to me because I'm a sinner. Um, and quite frankly, like Zacchaeus, um, I sometimes think I'm good. I'm sometimes like, yeah, I'll just check out Jesus. I'll just see what's going on. Hmm. But when Jesus shows up, it reveals just how dirty I am. Mm-hmm. It, I look, I look at this person of Christ and I see how he moves and I see what he's done. And I can't help but to now look at myself and realize that I don't stand a chance. But what is the, the holy of holies response to my dirtiness? It is to be my friend. Yeah. It is genuinely to be my friend. Yeah. And what does the friendship of Jesus do to Zacchaeus by the end of the night? It it leads him to repentance. Yeah. It leads him to change. It's What we don't see is that uh, Jesus goes and hangs out at Zacchaeus' house. They call him the friend of sinners. And he's like, yeah, you're right. I mean, Zacchaeus is going to be Zach. You know, Zach going to be Zach. Like, I'm not, I can't really change that. Yeah. He's like, I mean, Zach, Zach is who Zach is. I, I have no control over that. No, no, no. By the end of the night, Jesus has by his by his kindness, by his probably his jokes, probably by the way that he was interacting with others and was humble before everyone. He has convinced Zacchaeus of two things that he is Lord and that Zacchaeus has not been living in accordance with that. And he needs to change everything. And so it, it reminds me of um, the, the verse in Romans um, that the kindness of the Lord is what leads us to repentance. Yeah. Um, it is the kindness of God. And so we can't take this idea that Jesus is the friend of sinners and just say, well, it's a good thing I'm a sinner, then I'm just going to keep it just like this. Right. We go, man, God, you're so kind. You're so good. How could I have ever, how could I have ever thought that my own way was better than your way? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and I've, I've needed it in the high times and in the low times. I've needed it in the, in the low times because I'm, I just have no more hope. And so I have to point at him and say, you're it for me. That's it. But I've also needed it in the high times because, um, quite frankly, it can be really easy when things are going good to forget that you're the sinner who Jesus is a friend of. You might start to think, and kind of like Chris talked about, we've kind of talked about in general, um, you might start to think, oh, man, God's my friend because I help him out a lot. Right, yeah. God's my friend because I'm a really good soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God's God's my friend because uh, I have just been killing it in my quiet time, or I've just been killing it in my prayer life. Like that's why God's my friend. No, no, no. God's your friend because while you were still yet a sinner, Christ right. died for you. Right. Um, and so uh, I hope that that as I go into this next year, I'm reminded daily that not only am I a sinner, but Jesus is the friend of sinners, and that 
infinitely changes everything. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I think, you know, one of the great things that we see in Christ is we still get that holy, uh, the holiness element. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, his holiness and his divinity still elicits those to fall on their face before him. You know, Peter, you know, when he realizes who Jesus is, he falls on his face and he goes, depart from me. Yeah. You know, a sinful man, you mm-hmm. know. And Isaiah has the same experience. And so we have that element, but then we have the compassion and kindness of of Christ that, you know, in in that midst, you know, he's he knows our spiritual status. So when when those when Peter gets to that spiritual poverty moment, he's not going, Yeah, it's about time. He mm. goes, you know, hey, hey, yeah, no, that's That's true. That's true. But, but I'm here for you. But I'm but I'm but I'm but I came to to kind of reconcile you. And so He looks at Peter and he says, Exactly. Exactly, that's correct. Right. You're the one that I came for. Right. For and, sure. Exactly. And I came to yeah. seek and save the lost. Yeah. I didn't come to seek and save those who had all their stuff together. I, I, I realized this like about a month ago that Jesus is not for people who have it all together. He's just not for people who look at their life and say, All right, I'm cool. He is yeah. for those yeah. who who understand like I have nothing if I don't have Christ. Right. Um Well, I mean, I think it's Matthew nine or ten, what he's you know, the the healthy don't need a physician. Correct. You know, yeah. the, the sick too. You yeah. know, I I desire mercy over sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, you have that element of, you know, the he didn't come to, you know, tend to those that didn't need tended to. Mm. Um, he came to those to tend – he came to tend to those that, that – Those that were heavy right. and, and weary yeah. and they were burdened. He says, just come to me. I'm going to give you rest. So – um, that's what I've learned. Uh, Pastor Kyle, what about you? So I think we're all kind of in the same boat. Um, it's almost like we're talking about the same God or something. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're we're all kind of going through this. So, um, you know, for me, a lot of what I learned this year is just culminations of years in the past kind of coming together. Mm. Um, and for the longest time, uh, I was motivated um, out of fear of outcomes uh, mm. to dictate, um, it, and it dictated how I operated, right? And so, um, when I was early on in ministry, early, early on in ministry, um, the church I was working at didn't have the resources to continue to pay me. And so they laid me off. Um, and it was devastating because, like, they laid me off, but also had the sense of, the, the sense of, if you would have made yourself a little bit more expendable, you know, n- you know, if, if you would have made yourself a little bit more inexpendable, then mm-hmm. we might have been able to keep you. But, um, because you didn't, you know, we just kind of had to come to this conclusion. And so, um, it, it kind of rocked me a little bit. And from my, you know, teenage life and, and, ju- really my uh, junior, senior high school, uh, just with family stuff, I kind of learned that mentality of being motivated by fear of outcomes. Mm -hmm. And so um, that kind of hit me hard because it was an outcome that I I didn't think was going to happen. And so I did what I was asked to do, and I did the bare minimum. And I'm like, all right, then – or not the bare minimum, but I did what I was supposed to and be like, okay, then as long as I'm doing that, then I'm good to go. And then this happened, and it's like, what? How how did that happen? And so, um, 
it then kind of, you know, affected me to where I was motivated by that, that fear of a, an outcome happening to going and doing things. And when I got here, the problem was, is I had restructured how I did ministry to where that'll never happen again, mm. because like, I'll do these things to make sure of it. And I'll, um, I'll push myself, but at the same time, I'll, you know, just kind of make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to. I'll, I'll make sure I get clear expectations and I'll make sure that I, you know, make myself inexpendable. And so, um, when I came here, um, I, I made that structure in a very small, in a small church setting, uh, four to 500 people churches. So then when you come to a church that's four times bigger than that, um, those safeguards you put up, um, really start getting in the way because ministry is moving so much faster than it was at the other pace. Yeah. And, and so like now, okay. What am I doing? Am I able to do this job? What happens if I go and feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to, not really knowing a whole lot? Is the same thing going to happen? And it really started to mess with me. Mm. And so um, you're saying like mess with you in terms of like there started to be that fear coming back. Oh, for sure. Okay, and, yeah, and then I started yeah. to be motivated by that fear. And then I found myself like looking over my shoulder mm. all the time, like, am I doing enough? Am I doing what I'm supposed yeah. to? Or like, yeah, because if this doesn't, then and, and then I'm out. What am I going to do? Because back then I was single. Now I got a wife yeah, and kids, yeah. right? And so I'm like, well, how do I do this? Um, and so what God has taught me this year, uh, number one, is um, first off, to, to when I'm motivated by fear of an outcome, what that really is saying is that I'm weary of of what God like hasn't hasn't store. Yeah. Like I, I'm weary of him doing something that I'm not ready for or I haven't anticipated. So like I would look back and say, um, that was the best thing that ever happened to me was being laid off mm. because it it forced me to go into other areas and do other things. It gave me a lot more experience. Um, it kind of slightly built up, um, confidence, but that any confidence that was built up, I quickly shushed it away because nobody that's ever been laid off can come back and have confidence <laughs> yeah. in doing anything. Yeah. yeah. And so um, there was a level where like it kind of did make you a, a more effective pastor. It probably made you maybe more. More likely to succeed, you might say. Would that be a way you describe that? No, I, I think it would. It would say to where. Um, okay, re-say your question. Are you are you saying like now? I'm saying um, when when you kind of came back from getting laid off, you said that that it kind of helped in some ways. For sure. Well, I, I, there was. Uh, my, I was talking to my father in law about this last night, and he said, you know, he had a professor say, "I wish four things would happen to you. Number one, I wish at some point in life you get fired." Mm. Because I wish you would know that feeling and then work hard enough to bounce back from it. He said, I wish you that you would be laid off where it's not anything that you did. It's just that's how the game went, right? Mm -hmm. He said, I wish you would quit a job that you hate mm -hmm. and get that satisfaction of going like uh, – I'm leaving here. I'm not doing something yeah, I don't like. Yeah. And he said, then I wish for you to to leave a job that you love, mm. to go do something else that you love. Yeah. And and he goes, those are the four things that I hope. And so for me, I'm sitting there going like, well, the first one, this really, it wasn't like I did something like incredibly wrong to be like, oh, that's a fireable offense. You're out. It was yeah. the second one. But what I learned in that season of the second one was, you know, that I really had to trust the Lord. But here's the problem. I trusted the Lord that he would provide another opportunity. I struggled trusting the Lord that he would he could continue to 
to use me in greater ways than the the area that I found, mm. right? And so for me, I went from a student ministry associate um, or, or doing student ministry to doing student ministry again. And so like he provided another opportunity, um, but he provided in an area that I was comfortable with. And I'm like, okay, I think I, I can do this. But as it's gone on, when it's being thrown out, hey, like what about this or what about doing this or what would you think about pushing yourself into these areas, it's immediately met with fear because what yeah. I don't want is I don't want to jack it up and then, you know, be where I was. Yeah. But w- what that fear actually is, is a mistrust that mm. that what God is bringing for, he's not going to also equip me to go and do. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of where where it left me was, you know, the first, you know, two months here, I'm sitting there going like, what if I, what if I mess this up? What if I, what if I don't do a good job? Like, what if, what if all this like falls apart? Um, And it then did affect, like it did hinder me kind of going forward because it's like, Hey, like, yeah, while you're sitting there asking yourself all these hypothetical questions, like you actually, it actually is affecting now because you're you're almost like this self-fulfilling prophecy. You're allowing it to happen. And so, for me, what I've learned this year is um, my my gifts and abilities uh, in any aspect of life are, are gifts from the Lord yeah. and gifts that he has given me for the opportunity he has called me to. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so um, f- for me, it's it's not sitting here and getting confidence and going, oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 I got this. It's being getting confidence that I'm qualified to do it, mm. and and I think that's the thing. You know, um, when and and I keep thinking back to the story, but like Peter, uh, I mean, if you look at any story in the Bible, right? Like Peter's an idiot. Like <laughs> everybody knows it. Like Peter says one thing, then he says something else, and you're just like, dude, just stop talking. You're mm-hmm. dumb. Yeah. Um, he gets called Satan by the Savior, right? And and then he denies him three times and looks at him in the face, mm. like. I didn't do nearly anything like that, right? <laughs> but at the same time, like, I have removed myself from opportunities of being used by the Lord or just completely not even entertain them because it's like, uh, no, 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 there's no way that I could do that. Mm. Um, what, 30 to 40 days after he denies Jesus, he preached Pentecost and, yeah. and the Holy, and, and God through, you know, moves through him and saves. Five thousand, three thousand who's listed. So I would probably guess about six thousand. Six thousand people, because they would only list the men. Mm -hmm. So like, does that? Well, okay. Does that mean that like in those forty days, Peter just kind of you know did enough to where it's like, all right, now that you've jacked up, like now God can use you. But it's like no, like God, God still used him even though he did incredibly uh, something incredibly. You know, terrible, especially in his eyes. Yeah. And as we read it as Pharisees, we'd be like, huh, Peter denied Jesus. What an idiot. Like, I we would wouldn't never. do the like we wouldn't do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we read about how much, you know, how Peter messed up all the time, but then we see that that God still used him in light of how much of an idiot he was. Yes. And so for me, it's like what this year has done is given me a confidence in what the Lord can do. To where I can go into certain re- things, or I can um, look at certain you know opportunities and go, you know, like that's not completely crazy, mm. because if God 
calls me to this. He's going to equip me to do it, but he's going to work through it Mm -hmm. to where it's not about like how good I can do at it. It's, it's, it's what he does through me. And I think that's where a lot of us get caught up is, you know, when we, when we have opportunities or, or we find ourselves in situations where we're just like, am I even qualified to be Mm -hmm. here? Right. Or am I even qualified to do this? We sit back and we're like, you know, because what about this that I do and this that I do? And, And we don't ask the question, but like, can God do this through me? Or we don't sit back and realize like, hey, it's not about like if you can't – like he can do it. It's the same man. thing that I was talking about with what you have access to. It's like, man, I just feel – I know I'm spiritually poor, but I feel like I just don't have anything. And it's like, hey, like do you see that account that he mm-hmm. has? Yeah, that account is limitless. Yeah. And and Literally. you have access to it. And, and the way that he works, he, he can – bestow that on you at any time and you know and even if he doesn't he still can any other time he still can and he still might and he probably has something better probably coming down your way exactly and that you don't really know why it's better when it comes your way might take some time but it's going to be better for you it's like shadrach meshach and abednego Mm -hmm. right he can and he will but even if he doesn't we still won't do the opposite of bow down to him yes and that should be our response though right and because even listening to you guys and thinking through it, like our response should be out of the love, the, the secure love that we have. That that's what that's what our sh- our response should be. Not so much of a a personal like gain or a personal like trying to get an understanding of what God will do. Um, just believing that like He genuinely has you. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has you in the places He has you in for a reason. Um, and yeah. yeah, he's going to equip you because if he didn't want you here, you wouldn't be in that place. Right. Simple, absolutely. And that's I like I'm I've had to walk through that. That's I'm still so, yeah. walking through yeah. that. Like those, there are those moments. Like man, I don't know. And see, and, and the scary thing for me is I don't want to not be used by God because oh, I'm the one that's unwilling to go. Mm. Like if God's calling me to like do this, I don't want to go. Yeah, but I, like I don't know. Like I don't think I can do that. I don't think that's it. And it's like, well, do you know who you're talking to? Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, are yeah. you aware of the one who right. is calling you? Is also the one who breathed out stars? Yeah. Who mm-hmm. who raised himself from the dead? Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's the one who's calling you. Yeah. That he he's ice cold. He he's never failed. Right. Yeah. He has a perfect record. And so I think for me, it's it's just a deepening faith uh, in Him, and and a lessening faith in in myself. Yeah. Um, because if 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 my faith is based on myself, then I'm never going to do anything. Uh, if it's based in Him, though, I I can be you know He can use me in ways that I would never understand or or anything like that. Um, and so for me, this year is just. A continued humility, a continued mm-hmm. of becoming poor in spirit, but with the caveat of, yes, be poor in spirit, but also be aware that yeah. that you, you know, through him, he he can do a lot of things because he he does have that the cattle on a thousand hills. Like mm-hmm. he he is the one that supplies every single need that you have, uh, and so th- that's that's kind of been my thing this year. Yeah. Um, he is the one who is able to supply all of our needs um, according to his glorious grace. So um, with that being said, um, let's go into this new year knowing that that um, a few things, that we don't have to, to work for 
um, our own glory, but we can work for the glory of God, and that's so much more fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jesus is the friend of sinners. God loves you more than you imagine, and not not only does he just love you where you are, but he actually has intentions to move you forward in him right. for his glory, which goes to what Kyle said, and that is that that um, when God moves you for his glory, he's going to equip you for it. Right. He's not scared that the outcome is uncertain. God knows it, and if he didn't know it, he wouldn't move you into right. it. Mm-hmm. And so trust in the Lord. I think all three of us would come away, from, and this is, I guess, our lesson every single year, um, is that that we must trust in the Lord because Jesus is so worthy to be trusted. Mm-hmm. So um, may God bless you in 2023, and we'll see you around.